you like love? Are you a night owl? Then late night love is a place for you. Since life is negative enough, here we discuss everything love. What we love, who we love, and why we love. So join us on Saturday nights at 11.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And please remember, love everybody. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, James. Just over there is the Lovingator behind the director's chair. And we are here to talk about love. Everything that we love, everything that we want to love, how we love, and why we love. But tonight, we're actually going to have a short discussion at the beginning about loving yourself. We, um, with life as it is these days, and I'm going to show you, bring up here a bit of information here. Anxiety disorders are suffered by 19% of the adult population in the United States. That's 40 million Americans. Ooh, wait a minute. That's what this has been picking up. 40 million Americans. My apologies for that. That have a, it's just better sounding now. Forty million have an anxiety disorder, and for those who don't know what an anxiety disorder is, think of it this way: your anxious moments, being called into the principal's office or to the boss's office because you did made an error or a mistake in judgment or something like that. Uh, someone who has an anxiety disorder feels like that most of the time about mundane issues. And so it's not that it's just happens or happens randomly. It's that it's constant. And at least for me, everybody experiences it differently. And if you don't understand what's going on, it's very hard to move forward. Because from my own personal experience, for most of my life, I thought everybody experienced life this way, and I just couldn't handle it. And it wasn't until I was, what, in my 30s, I suppose, that I began to understand that it was a deeper problem than I understood. And that, you know, treating things like depression that were consequences of the anxiety disorder never actually solved my problem. So it wasn't until I figured out that, you know, I needed to do something different. And ultimately, that thing different was to love myself. And I was lucky I have a support system and a family and people that love me as well. And so it makes it easier to uh, get through or to get through is the wrong word. It makes it easier to engage in that journey, to continue standing up amongst the tidal wave of emotions that are not understood. That's probably the best way to explain that. Because for me, it was a sense of always encompassing doom, you know, leaving the house at times was exceedingly difficult. I needed something to be more important than my fear. And in my case, you know, I, my children were hungry and so you had to leave the house. But it's a difficult thing. And if you don't have love surrounding you, it makes it even harder. And you can see how people end up Lost and alone. Which is a uh, not a good place to be. Lost and alone. And that's why we're here. For those of you out there who are lost and alone and need some unconditional love, we are here for you. You need to talk about something if you have questions about life, about love. Um, between the two of us, we have 
shall I say, over 100 years of experience <laughs> in dealing with love. Is that a nice way of saying we're old? <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> I just, well, you know, you know, with age comes experience. I'm not even necessarily intelligence because intelligence is like raw horsepower. You know, it's what you learn to do with it. Yeah, we're a little slower. <laughs> you know, we move a little slower. We may think a little slower than we did when I was younger, but I have more complex thoughts because there's more experience behind them. And so we can share that experience. I know I've lived a long and complicated life uh, with uh, lots and twists and turns, but also with lots of love. And it's that love that we want to bring here. I'm going to share that. And it's hard for me these days, especially, because I spend so much time in the world of politics that... You know, this is as much a therapy session for me as it is for, as it is entertainment or, or a friendly voice in the night for someone who's lonely. It's a, it's a chance for me to focus on anything but <laughs> politics. Now, I love politics, which is kind of strange, but you need a break. You've watched. How many people have we watched? kind of lose themselves because they live in that political bubble. When we see it on TV is the most obvious case, but, you know, the TV anchors who have to, you know, who start like a reasonable person, but four or five years into that 24-hour news cycle, they lose themselves. They become a character of themselves, essentially. Just occasionally you see flashes of that old person, but most of the time they're kind of just batshit crazy, pardon well, my phrase. Well, Uncle Walter, Uncle Walter was a propagandist just like the rest of them. Yes. But you got to give him credit. He at least didn't dehumanize people who were different than he was as he was going about spreading his propaganda. So you do want to give him some credit for that. But they also only had three competitions. The, their competition was narrower. They essentially had a monopoly. And so... The mechanics of media was different back then. What we call the 24 hours news cycle happened with flyers and, and print media and stuff. Oddly enough, for a short period of time, TV was, well, it was kind of the irrespect, it was not respected as traditional media was, as print journalism was. It wasn't respected as journalism. In a sense, you could say it as viewed as kind of, that's uh, what I'm looking for, the new media, citizen journalism today is kind of looked down upon. But there was a time when uh, TV media, TV news, was felt looked upon that same way by the newspapers and magazines and the daily flyers and the daily, and the daily newsletters and all that kind of thing. But and how do we dive off into a political history lesson? I apologize for all that. That was <laughs> well. It's because I love politics and all that. So much of it is infecting our daily lives, and I use that word infecting deliberately. I find that it's hard for us to forget. It's hard for us to remember that you know our lives should be surrounded by love, not by fear. And it's so easy to live in fear these days. There's so much of life to genuinely be afraid of. Viruses running around, you know, governments have decided to run by executive order instead of the normal process, despite the fact that they're perfectly capable of running through the normal process. You know, it's not like we've had earthquakes that knock building down and people can't get there and vote. They actually can. <laughs> they actually can work together safely. There's no need to have the government the way we're doing right now. But how do we get through it? 
with love. We have to remember that we love each other, that we love ourselves, we love our friends, we love our neighbors, and that politics is secondary. We hire politicians so we can hate them and love our neighbors. It's literally, from a sociological perspective, and I apologize for diving into politics, but from a from a society perspective, if we want to love, the one of the reasons we have representative politics is so we don't have to hate our next door neighbor for political decisions. We push that off onto politics. We vote, they make the decisions, we're mad at the politicians, and we can still love our neighbor. It doesn't matter how our neighbors voted in the election because the responsibility to do the right thing is in the hands of the person who was ultimately nominated or ultimately elected. And so we're supposed to hate the politicians but love our neighbors. We've forgotten that second part. That we're supposed to love our neighbors. We're supposed to love our friends and our family and our neighbors. And we're even supposed to love the people we can't like. (laughs) You know, like and love are not the same thing. You can love somebody as a human being and dislike them as a person. There's lots of people I've hit into that category that I wouldn't want to spend any time with, personal time with. But do I want anything bad to happen? No. I actually hope they find, most of the time, I hope that they find their way back to some sense of civility or, or humanness. But, you know, how many people say the same thing about me? It's, uh, you know, this is not a one-way street. I am not a perfect human being, and we will all have people who will love us, and we all have people who won't. So, you know, we hope our overwhelming love for humanity, which seems to be in short supplies these days, Overrules all. So, we have, let's see, that's a 12 minute monologue. That's enough. What do we got over here today on terms of what we got left over from last week? What was this? A discussion on. Rela- it was a compatibility quiz. Oh, good God. That's right. It was a compatibility quiz, and we were discussing the questions of the compatibility quiz. We're yes. sometimes answering them, <laughs> but most of, the, most of the time. Yes, I well, I do have to sleep with you. <laughs> You're not going to get out of this thing. You want to bet? Stay tuned for stance. You want to bet. Would you feel insecure? I'll give you an easy one. Would you feel insecure if I spent a lot of time at work? Insecure? No. Okay. But I can understand why people might. Uh, well, because insecurity, insecurity is based upon fear, fear of loss, loss of respect, loss of companionship, loss of whatever. Uh, you're afraid that they're going to find somebody better. Or you're afraid that they're going to find somebody more com- compatible. And so ultimately, people who fear insecure in that type of situation, what they're usually, you know, get back to Freud and childhood trauma or something, you know, who knows what it was. That was unresolved. Now, it may not be childhood trauma. It could be, you know, adult trauma. Who the hell knows? Or it could be, we're talking about a 19% of the people have an anxiety disorder. It could simply be an unknown anxiety disorder. And what they're really feeling is anxiety that they will not be loved any longer. So, you know, I spent too much time listening to psychology lectures. <laughs> well, that's the problem with listening to psychology lectures, right? You can sit there and you can listen to essentially three years of psychology lectures, which is what I did. I spent what, last summer, especially spent all of last summer listening to psychology. But that's not the same thing as taking a psychology classes, right? It's kind of a superficial knowledge because you don't get all the same things. And so I always want to make sure I'm careful with that. I, well, I kind of, I kind of study these things. I don't it's a different kind of knowledge because I'm not using it as a psychologist. My idea is I did it just to kind of try to learn myself, learn more about myself, which helps me as a politician, helps me understand the greater public, helps me as a marketing person, you know, understand the public at large. But 
No, I'm not a I'm not a psychologist. I don't pretend to play one on podcast. I just am good at talking to people, and I'm compassionate, and I love, and I listen well. Yes, you do. Okay, I have a burning question. Oh no! That you, you will <laughs> not answer. Okay. And you're Sounds probably good. not going to answer now, but I'm going to ask. Sure, why not? How many sexual partners have you had in the past? Next question. I don't, I don't keep notches on my belt. I know. It's more than five. How's that? Is that a good answer? Okay. It's more than, I probably don't have enough fingers and toes. Right, right. Whether it's more than one, two hands or not? Yeah, I don't know. But they probably don't have enough fingers and toes. Is that a better answer? It's, it's other, yes, I, give me a ballpark. I mean, I'm not talking. And there's some you weekends know. I don't remember. So, you know, I'm not entirely sure what happened. Can't keep track. I don't even remember what day it is. How are you supposed to remember <laughs> some of those weekends when I was 18? I mean, shit, I don't know. <laughs> I'm bisexual. I've done all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I have a better question. Okay. That was a bit. You just wanted that question asked for like nine years now, and now you just yes, got a way to ask. You just forced got me a way to answer it. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's all that was. Let's be honest with the people here. That was my, my <laughs> Had nothing to do with you guys or the show or anything. <laughs> On the compatibility quiz. Yeah, pure dumb luck. Pure. That's dumb <laughs> luck. That's what that was. All right. You're just lucky I didn't get the list. That's all it is. I didn't want to go through the list. Okay. Uh, next question. <laughs> That's not happening. Next one. If you were convinced, are you making a bad decision? What are you about to jump off a cliff, or are you about to buy curtains that are ugly? I mean, it kind of depends. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't let you jump off of a freaking cliff. I'd throw you over my shoulder and what walk you. The curtains? What the hell? Do... I love them. Well, let me put it this way. What the hell do I know about attractive curtains? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Well, I talk to you about everything, so of course I talk to you about it. But would I do anything about it? Well, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what? What? You must respect my authority. I'm, I only pretend to be Cartman. I'm not really Cartman. But I mean, yeah, we walk around here and I play. I do what I want, but that doesn't really. I don't really do what I want, except I do. But it, 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 it's a yeah, but but it's a strange version. I do what I want because what I want has happened to be what you want most of the time. So it's not really the same thing. Oh, she wants this, and that makes me want it, and so then I do it. It doesn't really count that way. I mean, there are days when I do what I want, but you know, who doesn't do that? Yeah. But it's a rule of thumb, though. We've got a very working well, we, relationship. We, we have a very working relationship. Very working. Very working. Really, it works. We act, but we actually work on it. So that's that's the other part of that. If you want a working relationship, there's a big hint to everybody. If you want a working relationship, you have to work on it. That there's no other way. That's. Yeah, and some days will be better than others. Some days you just have to write off. <laughs> and sometimes you have to write two or three in a row off. But if it goes much longer than that, you probably, you probably didn't do some work beforehand and you've got some work to do. You know, or there's a unique circumstance. And, you know, so you have to use judgment on that. But if you have a working relationship, that judgment is generally pretty easy to make. The only time we get in trouble is when we both have really bad days at the same time. And one of us isn't aware of it. Yes. If one of us catches that, oh crap, we're having a bad then we can, we're, we're actually, we're, we don't catch it. yeah, it's, it's when one of us doesn't catch it. It's one of, yeah. 
but that doesn't happen all that often. Pretty rare. And pretty much, that's, everybody would have that problem, so we're not any unusual there. Yeah. No. no. I'm too old. I already have my thousand. We have a baseball team. Yeah. Well, together, yeah. We've got yeah, we got a million. Uh, well, because... Well, yeah, but then I've collected a few. <laughs> that aren't really children, but are yes. a couple. We have Mia and uh, Justin. Yes. So, so you know, so we're at ten. Hey, we even have a relief pitcher. There we go. Yeah, really One more, and we can have a football team. Actually, I yeah, do. If you coach, I can play quarterback, and we can we got a football team. Okay. We can get spouses in there. We've got the backups. I still. <laughs> Well, of course, spouses. They're my children. None of my children are technically married. <laughs> but they're married in all but paper. You know, it's... Oh, we got a really weird ancient football team. Um, yeah, but we should have a baby. No. We're every, ancient. Every, every, I know, but every once in a while, I still, you know, I smell a baby. What the hell is wrong with you people? I <laughs> women are aliens I swear to freaking god <laughs> that whole women are from Mars men are from Venus no, women are from Mars women are from Venus thing that shit's freaking true I don't know how the hell that's a cruel joke I swear to god nature's a freaking cruel joke that's why com that's why comedy is so important in, hu in humans because whatever created us has a really freaking funny sense of humor <laughs> <laughs> it's ingrained into us because, yeah, it, the joke's on us. I'm just saying. <laughs> you wouldn't design it this way. They actually, the fact that men and women are the way they are, I mean, it really is the one of the few things that would, if you wanted to make that argument that God doesn't exist, because no freaking smart person wouldn't plan it this way. Oh, really? <laughs> would you plan men and women to be this freaking incompatible and say, just for that, we're going to have to make you work together for 20 freaking years to raise these little shits. <laughs> he wouldn't do it on purpose. <laughs> a great cosmic accident if you wanted to have that argument, but I don't. <laughs> what? I have a I have a burning question. Uh oh, yeah, sure. <coughs> if someone attractive exchange, if someone attractive lives with you at work, would you tell me about it? Well, I would do and come home and say, "Hey, is this flirting?" <laughs> Hey, I think someone was flirting with me today. I don't know. What do you think? Because I think that's kind of happened. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's a winter schnitzel or something one time or something. I'm freaking oblivious to this stuff. Yeah. Hey, was that woman flirting with me? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, she must have been pretty obvious if I noticed. I'm just pointing out. It's amazing I have children. I swear to God. I just, how I ever had marital relations, I have no idea. A sign. They knew how to make a sign. And hit me over the head. Hit yeah. you over the head with a sign. Yeah. So I am totally oblivious. What the hell am I doing with one more? Anyway. <laughs> oh, so that's right, because I'm compassionate and I listen well. The other day when I tried to go to bed and you were sleeping on the whole freaking bed. And then I had like the foot to try and lay down like that. All, all, squished, all squished up into the side. Even though I really didn't dislike you. Oh, you I got up for a minute. 
But I actually can't really. That's not really true because I just made something up that was kind of annoying. I didn't really dislike you. It's not really the truth. Yeah. I don't know. I don't keep track. I know. I'm trying to think of my dislike you. I mean, I'm sure there was a moment where well, I was you irritated. Oh, that was hilarious. That was hilarious for me. <laughs> we didn't smoke too many joints. It wasn't my fault. Um, <laughs> Speaking of which, don't we have one? Uh, four minutes. Four minutes. Okay, when do you think a person is ready for marriage? When do I think a person is ready for marriage? I don't. Nobody should ever sign a piece of paper marriage certificate again. Now, you should live life as married, essentially. Okay, I'll answer that question for real. You are ready for marriage when you're ready for marriage. I don't think there's a specific answer. Some people need to be farther along in their lives before they're comfortable enough to settle down successfully. And other people can't be successful in their life until they've settled down and started their family. They need that family security to, to, be, to feel secure enough to, to go off and chase their dreams, so to speak. Or, or to feel motivated enough to do what they need. I mean, how many young men don't actually find themselves until they, have, until they wake up one day and say, oh crap, I have to raise my family. You know, that matures them. And it's a hard thing to say. Uh, essentially, it's, you don't get married and have a start a family until you have actually mature enough to genuinely think if it's about it's a good idea. I mean, if you can actually genuinely sit down there and run through your head, is this a good idea or not, then you're at least ready to consider it. But if it's an emotion-based decision, like... Oh, I want to have baby. Oh, I want to have family. Oh, I want security. Oh, I'm, I fear being alone. Then it's probably not good. If it's, is this the future I really want? Is this the direction I want my life to go? If you can sit down there and think about that through your emotional cloud, then yeah, you're probably ready. At least to seriously consider it. If the emotion is running you, then no, you, you shouldn't because you're still in the emotion state of the relationship and you can't trust it. You have to get past the point where it's no longer an emotional-based decision. It's a whole person decision. It's including your emotions. It's not dis discounting your emotions. You're not discounting your emotions. It's just that your emotions and the logic and your hopes and dreams and personality become one. You're not just overwhelmed with your emotions, like you know, because yeah. you yeah. know, you know how that can be, especially when you're young. You get the emotions and the hormones and all that, and so if you can think past through that, and you can kind of meld this other half of you into that, and you can consider all that, and you can, then you're probably ready to be seriously considering. Now, whether you consider one way or the other is in different circumstances. But if you can actually get through that emotional haze. Because that's what that kind of thing is. It's a seriously emotional haze. Right? That whole they don't puppy love for infatuation, that whole thing. If you commit too strongly during that phase, you can set yourself up for a lifetime of disappointment. Or a short marriage. One of the two. I've done the first one. So I've done the short marriage. My first marriage lasted nine months. Because we did that, we did the wrong thing, and we did it through the. We didn't wait to get through the emotion part. And ultimately, we had different areas we wanted to do different things that were important. But it is what it is. You know, you learn, you move on, and you make new mistakes. <laughs> because that's what it is. All right, now we're going to take, uh, we're going to create a short break because uh, we're going to start doing um, Anchor FM uh, commercial right here about the halftime of the show where we will talk about how 
you should use Anchor FM to start your podcast. If you want us to do a 30-second commercial, I don't have the list up here. I do it live, kind of pretend. But right about here is where the commercial will go. So we'll create a, smart, a quiet, quiet break. This is where we'll cut in the commercial. One, two, three. And then <laughs> and we'll come back and we'll light the thing. We'll start halftime smoke. Is we'll have this halftime smoke around the break. And then we'll finish our conversation. Hey, you should like this thing. Not me. You're not the one on camera talking. What the hell is wrong with that? <laughs> I'm sitting here vamping, talking. You're in charge of it. No, Mr. Rector. You are. I'm just the one who chats and keeps the vamping and keeps the conversation. I'm the booth. Actually, we should get a ghost. A ghost. A, a guest. A guest. Yeah. Or, in this particular case, we should invite Lady Wildstar. Do you want to I would love to have Lady Wildstar. Make a note. Make a note for us to invite her. And any of you out there watching who you happen to want to appear on the show as a guest, you can appear as a show on the guest, get us contact. If you want to call in on the love line anonymously, we've got the anonymous love line. You have a question about your relationship or life or something like that. <coughs> if you want to hawk your book, you can come and call us and hawk a book. <coughs> you can do all that kind of stuff. We are an equal opportunity yacker right here. All right. Well, so what's next on our list over there? <coughs> Excuse me. I'm gonna hit you with a heavy one. This isn't that good weed, then. We, we we're cheap. <laughs> What's the one thing you'd like to change? Oh God, that's a Pandora's box. I don't believe in that. Well, I got one. I wish you'd go to the doctor before you get to the point where they need to, you know, administer heavy drugs to almost take you into the ICU. Oh, you mean you would like me to start taking care of my health before it gets to almost killing me? Yeah. But that's no fun. Do you see what I have to put up with? He just spills all my fun. Wants, wants me to be like a responsible human adult. Yeah, I know. It's a bad habit. I, 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 it's not even the first time I've done it. I've done that a handful of times in my life, which is really stupid. I freely admit, y'all, don't do that. Just, just to point out, if you're feeling like you're, you're about to die, you should probably go to the doctor. Just a little hint. You shouldn't wait until you actually think you're going to die, which is what I did the last time. I literally waited until I thought I was going to die. And that's probably not a great idea. Oh, I apologize. It's only because she loves me, though. So that's there's a good part of it. Well, I think, anyway. <laughs> what? I'm better. <laughs> that was like years ago. Now, come on. <laughs> what? It's just a near-death experience. You know yes, what? Yes, I know. I sat in the driveway and prayed and cried. <laughs> Do you want to know the interesting thing about the near-death experience? It, 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 it oh did. A, it, no, no. Seriously, it's interesting because it did absolutely nothing about to me about death one way or the other. You know, a lot of people they get that close to death, where you yeah. know, doctor says you're within ten minutes or whatever of dying or whatever the hell our neighbor said, a couple hours, whatever he said it was. Yeah. And uh, you don't know most people they have like it, it. It kind of pushes them one kind of kind of one way or the other or something. I came out of the whole thing with a big yeah. Maybe I've done that too often. That's like a third time I've done that. <coughs> but I'm cranky old man, so you know, my body don't like to give up. Okay, so let's get back off of Gomo's dying and how we how my love of life 
kept me from almost dying. And the love of my family waiting for me kept me wanting to to go on and come home. Did you buy any of that? That's probably better. (laughs) Probably better that way. (laughs) Would I? Now? Fucking get California sucks. Yeah, I would. Oh, these places drop me crazy. And I'm running for office here. Well, don't let that one get out. Good God. You love your state? No, it sucks. And why are you running for office? Because it sucks. You want to change it back to something I can be proud of. You have a daughter in Colorado, one in Oregon, and one down the street, essentially. And we'll talk about the Dennis Street is actually half an hour's drive. Let's be clear about Dennis Street. It's it's Relatively speaking. <laughs> She's in town. <laughs> and, and then one in Oregon, which is a five-hour drive. And I would have been there already this year if it wasn't for the... Uh, actually, I would have been to go to Colorado and Oregon if it wasn't for COVID. So... But yeah, I'm a uh, California's awful. Um, it's becoming just one. It's always been kind of in, overly expensive, which, which is the problem. But now it's just becoming. I don't know. It's culturally bereft. It's intolerant. It's become an intolerant culture. And I'm an old hippie. I can't stand that. I'm essentially a hippie, which is funny. I was raised by hippies. So there is that. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm essentially a hippie. And I don't fit in California anymore. I don't understand how that happened, but I, I, you know, I love my house. I I love my network, and so I wouldn't necessarily want to move. But man, it's getting hard to harder and harder to want to stay here. It really is. So you asked me if I want to move. Would would I move for love? Damn straight. Damn straight. I would. I know. I know why my kids want to move. I do understand. I know why Anthony doesn't want to come back. I know why. I get it. You know, as interracial kids, they don't have a home here anymore. They don't have a, you know, they never really fit. And now in California, with the way the, the life is now, it's such a binary choice. In California, you're either one or the other. We're talking about that. He doesn't know where his child fits in this world anymore. Oh. Yeah. What about Lewis down there? Where, you know, these are people with insanely mixed children. My grandchildren are insanely mixed. And even your grandchildren. Well, two of them. Yeah. And there's no discussion about that in all this. But I can tell you, and we're driving off into politics again, and I apologize, but we're talking about family, and we love family, and and this is all about love. Sometimes love is hard. And so, yeah. This is for... Having that discussion is very difficult for that. And even me, someone, again, it just isn't being a political show, but who's trying to run for political office, how do I have that interracial discussion today without, yeah? How do you actually do that? 
Now, there's times when not to have it, like during the heat of the protest. You know, I love my community enough to know now is not the time to have that discussion, right? There's times when to not have it. But you can't ignore it for long. Otherwise, life's going to go sideways. And I love my, uh, you know, why California drives me crazy. I do love my community. That's why it drives me so much crazy to see, see it going the way it is. If I didn't love my community, why would I run for office and try to change it? Try to put it back to something that... I mean, I put it back. That's the wrong word because we've never technically been there. But get it back onto the track. When I started, we're having... I can actually look around and I can say it's worse now for interracial people than it was when I first started our family journey. It's actually worse now. Because then it was mostly a joke. It was laughing. People would sing Jungle Fever and that kind of thing. But no one treated you like you were a threat to their whole culture. That's kind of what's happening now. It's sad. Anyway, let's get, we're getting all morose and sad and we're trying to be lovely and I apologize that really, we, we're trying to get away from that today. I don't remember my dream, so I have no idea. I don't remember my dream. I haven't remembered a dream for Lord knows how long. You're not usually in my dreams, but the knowledge of you is you know what you're not responsible for your dreams man it's all good <laughs> i'm not gonna be mad because you did something in a dream no, 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 you got free reign in your dreams i'm not gonna hold you responsible you can nuke the planet man you can go pull go darth vader on things and you're fine in your dreams it's cool <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. It's your dreams, man. Who knows what the, I don't even who knows what the hell dreams are about. I don't know. Are they subconscious? Are they just bits and pieces of your mind working through the day? Is who knows who the hell knows? Or is it just you know random thoughts being pieced together through your head because it's your brain tries to create a story out of it? Who knows? Is the creative part of you trying to write a, you know, write a book or write a movie? And, and we don't connect that well to that part of us when we're awake. Or something. You know, maybe that's the difference between people who can write novels and people who can't. Is that people who can write novels can attach that part? You know, maybe I can't write a novel because I can't freaking remember my dreams. <laughs> you know, I'm never going to be a writer because I can't remember my dreams. Who the hell knows how this shit works? I don't know. The brain is a wonderful place. But no, I apologize. I don't know nothing about my dreams. Uh, okay, here's a, here's a, a, a example of interesting. Uh-oh. Is sex constantly about pushing the boundaries or playing by the rules? Well... I guess technically it probably depends on what stage your life is and what kind of sex you as the individual is interested Doesn't in. This kind of, you know, I, I don't like the word constantly because you change throughout your life. You go through different phases. You know? well, I mean, after a divorce, like after a divorce, it's like, you know, no strings attached. You know, <laughs> you know and, so, I mean, well, I suppose it's a, since it's a relationship quiz, so we're going to have to make the assumption that it's about sex inside of a relationship. Okay, inside a relationship. So, so we're going to have so so we can shorten the so we can at least create some okay. parameters All to this right. freaking discussion. Otherwise, you can go everywhere because you're right because you're talking about different sexual energies. Different some people are high sexual energies. Some people have low sexual energies. Some people are averse to to experimentation some people are all about experimentation and so you know it, it's you're gonna have to talk about 
inside your relationship. And, and the reality is, is you can only push an experiment for so long before you run into your boundaries. I mean, it's just reality. And then it becomes, okay, so how do you, are your boundaries compatible? You know, and who's willing to compromise on their boundaries? You know, okay, well, I don't have to go as far as I would technically prefer because you're uncomfortable with it. And, and I'm okay with not having that part of me. Right? Any reasonable people make that, anybody who reasonable people make that, because no two people are going to line up sexually. It's just not going to freaking happen. Yeah. You, you have to be willing to, you know, a long-term relationship is about compromise, and you have to compromise there. Now, the question is, how much compromise should you make? That's an individual question, and it also depends. Well, Yeah. Well, not only that, it's, it's also at a different stage of our lives. Like now, are we? I'm probably willing to more compromise on that now than I would have been at 25. Okay. <laughs> Simply because I'm old and my knees hurt. You know, it's just. <laughs> you know, there's some realities of being old with bad, of being, you know, 50 years old with bad knees. There's just some realities. And have had one too many concussions and, uh, and all that. There's some realities there that have to be dealt with. And, you know, I've got nerve issues and all that. And so, actually, I've, in this particular case, you're probably the one having to make the compromise more than I am. That's for the young. That's, you know, I, I did all that. That's, um, I, I was ready to give that up long before I met you because <laughs> it's, it's a hollow experience for me. Now, other people may find it extremely satisfying. I do not. Yeah. Yeah, I find that it's easier when I it's probably much, much more desirable for me and satisfying. Well, I... If you want to get, to, I find those kinds of, let's say we say, uh, inventive experiences, to use to use a family friendly term, okay. I, are, would be best done on the rare exception occasion. It's kind of like the once, twice in a lifetime vacation. You get those kinds of things because if it becomes a normal routine, it becomes a normal routine, and like you said, it becomes weird. But if there's a unique circumstance, but you know, I'm very open-minded. But you know, you know, if there's a unique circumstance, it's like if you know you're in Holland and you you're together, you meet this nice Holland couple, and you end up at some party. Well, you know, when in Rome, but you, but you don't go looking for it. It's like, <laughs> right now, theory. Now we wouldn't do that now because one, I'd never be in Holland, but. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, I barely leave the house, so <laughs> all this is theoretical. <laughs> and, and remember, go back to the earlier conversation. I don't know when somebody's hitting on me. That's not something I think I would do. I think they would do. But, you know, is that something that you were in a particular situation? I'm just saying that kind of thing has may have happened in the past. And, and, and in that kind of situation, it's fine. But you, the thought of having that as a lifestyle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, as a lifestyle? No, no, no. There's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and, you know, everybody's in kind of the same spouse, and everybody's okay with it. Then you, you knock yourself and you have fun. Dude, that's like Haley's comic or something. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. That happens in penthouse. No, it happens like 
twice, three times a, uh, your life if you oh, if, okay. if, if you're paying if you're paying attention or you have somebody who hits you over the head with a sign. Ugh, gotcha. Now, would I notice my smile on my own? No, someone's gonna have to hit me over the head with a sign. <laughs> I've never found that by my own. <laughs> Happen to be along. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> oh, sure, why not? <laughs> Remember, the, just, we were just having this discussion yeah, earlier. I, yeah, you know, I, I am completely freaking oddly, 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 I've been in a situation <laughs> where that's exactly where the dialogue went. Oh, hey! Oh, all right, okay. <laughs> sure, why not? We're going to be the next Dr. Ruse, I swear to God. <laughs> Okay, what do we got next? How often do you want me to go out on a date with me in a month? How can I answer this without getting in serious flipping trouble? And why would you ask me that question? What do we consider a date? And I don't do dates. And do we have to? If you want the correct answer. Direct, the, no, we don't have to. The politically correct answer is however many times my lovey would like me. <laughs> okay, you can take me for ice cream. The Postmates guy brings it. <laughs> What do you find sexiest about a person other than after the sex? What do I find sexiest? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. well, it depends. Visually or, or, or genuinely? Because there's two kinds of sex. Well, there's a visual sexiness. Uh, right, but that's, yeah, that's true. but I that's have, that's I entirely superficial, and I and you know me, I'm self aware enough to, to well, separate I the difference. My, yeah, your Armani commercial. Commercial on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I still don't get what the hell they're advertising. Hold on, you're getting something for surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a commercial selling guys' products. That no guy's watching that commercial. Well, unless they're gay. And he's an attractive man. I, I'm a bisexual guy. He's an attractive young man. Not my type, but he's an attractive man. But he's an attractive young man. I'm old. It's black and white. Okay. Yes, dear. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, that you—that's possible. That's just working out. That's just working out. And you can have steroids. Now, what the hell is the question I was supposed to? I was trying not what to answer. I'm running for office. I can't answer this question. Okay, that's right. You can't. Well, I okay, can't. No, I, I can't. I, I can't. Come on, I'm not. Are that you a leg man? No, a little bit higher. Did <laughs> not much, but a little. Okay. And from the from the from the rear view. Yeah. From the rear view. Okay. <laughs> Just it, that's my natural inclination where my eye goes. Duh! But you just now figured that out. Yes. Okay. But intellectually, I it, all the time. that's what she said. Oh my god! In the bike. Don't I wish? Now, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> now, now, intellectually, it's just someone who understands themselves, someone who's willing to work on themselves, become a better person, become a better human being who is continually trying. Not that you can continually succeed. That's a different question. I don't expect success. I it's, it's, it's someone who's not afraid to work on themselves. It's a unique thing about that. So many people are happy with who they are. And it's, I don't know, maybe it's because I 
never been able to be happy with who I am. But some of these stuff is trying to be better. Admire is probably the wrong word, but maybe it's because it's a mutual understanding. Yes, because I continue, because I have to, right, in, in order to function. Otherwise, if I don't continually try to become better, I can't function. I've been there, right? I, I literally can't function. And so the, the whole point is, is to find someone who has the, who can understand that. And the only way I think I can, someone can understand that is to someone who has to live it, which is, I think, why we work, because, you know, how many years sober have you been? Have you had uh, 31 years July 5th. And that's a, that's a daily that's a daily thing and so it's a daily improvement essentially. But well even if not that you understand the mindset of of having to con focus on yourself continually to improve. Yes. Yes. But, when 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 something major comes up, yeah, you have to deal with it. You have to be self-aware, you have to, you yeah, have to. you got to be self-aware. Yeah, yeah, and so it's, that mindset is, is kind of what, ultimately, it's what holds. Well, aren't I lucky now? Well, aren't I lucky then? All right, we got time for one more. Yeah. Or are we done? Okay, wait, 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 wait. No, well, we can be done. It's We got five minutes. Well, I got three minutes, so. Well, I mean. Um, no, that's it. Do you think romantic gifts have to be memorable? No. Yeah. Well, they don't have to be either. Romantic ro Romance is a unique thing. It doesn't have to be useful or memorable. It just has to be romantic in the moment. Doesn't have to be romantic ten years from now. Doesn't have to. <laughs> it doesn't have to be useful. It just has to be romantic in the moment. If you do it right, picking up a a, a rock on the beach can be an insanely romantic moment. If if the timing is right, if the moment is right, if the rock is the proper rock and you want to talk about the smoothness of the relationship or compare it to the smoothness of skin or some kind of if you're a poetic type there's all kinds of things you could go with it romance isn't about the thing and if there's anything we've I've learned in the last nine years is romance isn't about the thing I think it's romantic when you bring me gallons of milk romance is about what's behind the thing The thing itself is almost not important. Right. Yeah. You don't say almost because, of course, it's not unimportant because it plays a role, right? It does play a role. It is a, It is some kind of symbolism. It is something. Yeah. But it, but the real importance is what's behind it. And again, we're self-aware enough. We've been around the block enough. We, which is why we do this. We understand that. Yeah. And so that looks to be the end of our podcast today. Um, if you would like to go visit or leave us a message, you can go to our anchor.fm slash late night love and there's a uh, leave a message function so you can leave a voicemail. You can send us a uh, email, but I've forgotten our email address. So just go to our Facebook page and send us a message. You can go to Facebook Late Night Love, or just you can find us on <laughs> our YouTube page. Well, you can send us a message on any of the pages where you found us. Either it's YouTube or Facebook or or Twitter. We I think we even have a Twitter account. God, I've yeah, got to. We, we have to get ourselves a Trello page for this. We are really disorganized. No, we are insanely disorganized on this thing. 
I just pointed out. Yeah, well, yeah, well, okay, most people do what we've done so far behind the scenes. We just do it on the <laughs> You know, they practice, they put in some dress rehearsals, they refine their concepts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they test all the, the stuff out before they start. <laughs> I don't know. This is more fun if you ask me. Okay, we look kind of stupid sometimes. Like, wait, what is our email address? <laughs> don't we have a Twitter account? I think we might. I don't know. We do have a Facebook page. What's the page name? Oh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> And one of the sad thing is, I direct and produce TV shows and podcasts. I'm a TV host. And Saturday, Monday afternoon, just to kind of catch everybody, I'm interviewing the vice presidential candidate. And yeah, so let's hope I'm a little more prepared on Monday than I am today. No, no, I actually know what I'm doing there. I, I actually have to direct and host that show. That's that's complicated. Yeah, because I have to do the technical side and play hose. Well, it's what I do here, but then I've got a guest. I've got Richard, who's the co-host, and then, then our guest. Yeah, but that's just... It makes it easier to uh, converse. But Richard has a habit of... Me and Richard still haven't quite found our groove. It's because, well... Sometimes he thinks I'm going to say something, and then I'll think, well, no, I'll let him take over the next thing. We still haven't quite figured out. We actually hit topics from a, from a, getting on in a, in a different discussion, but we actually have a viewer. Um, Richard and I, we talk, we hit the topics from a different angle. He's kind of the more technical aspect, I say, more traditional. And I hit it from a human level, from a ground level. And so we're actually very good at interviewing of somebody like that. So it should actually be pretty good. You guys should tune in. Go to the Libertarian Counterpoint uh, page. You can catch it live. Or you can go to YouTube and search Libertarian Counterpoint. It should be up uh, Tuesday afternoon. All right. Uh, so if our viewer out there, do you happen to have any questions or comments before we sign off? Because we, that's how we have a viewer. So I don't want to sign oh, off. No, we don't want to sign off. We don't want to sign off if a viewer has a question or a comment. I think if you leave a question or comment, I can see it. We have to like wait thirty seconds because it takes you know there's, there's a, a delay. There's a delay. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, we appreciate you guys joining us. Um, we catch us at the end. We actually don't. We only go an hour. We really go as long as we want. Okay. Because we're not. Yeah, you got another question. Uh, I, can <laughs> I thought. Well, what's more important, sexual chemistry or spending time together? Well. Ultimately, spending time together. But if you're young, you're going to have trouble with that. If your if your sexual chemistry is way the freak off. Oh, if you're yeah. Compatible. Yeah. But it get, I, it become I think it becomes less important as you get older. When you hit your fifties and fifty five, you still have to be kind of in the same book. But you just sex is less important simply because you don't have the biological urge to reproduce. I, yeah, I think human biology is a bitch. <laughs> well, you're—I mean, you still get baby cravings. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's not a compl- It's not a criticism. I'm just saying it's a, crit- it's a pain. Biology is a pain. You don't want to raise a baby. You just want the baby. <laughs> But yeah, I feel it. Pain. There's a little pain in my chest. That's hilarious. Okay. Alright, so. Alright, we're going to sign off. Um, where was my thing? Uh, please remember to love everybody. Uh, and I really have to script the end of this show. Because I really suck at not at endings without a script. From all of us, from me and Lovey Nader over here, please thank you for watching. Thank you for uh, tuning in. 
Um, please spread the word, press the like, subscribe buttons if you would like more late night love. Um, write down the number so you can call in next week, leave us a message. And we will see you next week at 11.30 p.m. Pacific Time. That just so ages us. We are really old if we're saying same bat time, same bat time. I came out in the 60s, wasn't it? It's still good. I only know it because of reruns. Everybody knows Batman. I'm, I'm Everybody knows Batman. Yes, but not the same bat channel. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> we're never going to end this one. All right, everybody. We're out of here. Thank you for watching or, or tuning in, and we will see you next week. Good night and love everybody.